Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline, and we have some announcements. Bing, bing, bing. All the sounds. We are going to have the Sir Mankey of the Hanky fame. Sir Mankey with the Hanky, Josh Mankiewicz, on our show on Friday. And we're going to be talking about this episode. Uh Uh-huh. And Wreckage, Mm -hmm. which we didn't cover, but it was amazing. Internal Affairs, his amazing number one podcast that is out right now. And A Cool Desert Morning, the one we covered last week, I believe. So that's a lot of season is all manky. I know. I don't know how we're gonna get to the fun questions. Like, did he and his wife smash cake in each other's faces? Because that question that I have posed if that leads to a healthy marriage or if it leads to divorce, has been resurfaced recently on Twitter. So I will be asking Due you. Due to what? Somebody tweeted some viral tweet, and I was like, I knew it. Everyone agrees with me except for one person who's like, it was all in fun and we're still married. But everyone else is like, absolutely not. We're still married. Or yes, and we're divorced. Really? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so, we need to get his take on this. Yeah, I need his take. Also, second announcement, we have been putting on Patreon and Supercast our Wednesday releases a day early and ad-free. Yay! So in case you were wondering why we haven't done something that every other podcast in the world has been doing, now we are. We just literally didn't think of it. I don't know yeah. why we didn't. So if you've been thinking about joining Patreon or Supercast, that's for a $5 level. So <laughs> plus bonus episodes every month. And 90 Day Fiance and The Amazing Race with Kim and Jody. So this episode is called A Walk in the Rain, which I felt like was a very good title. I'm going to be really nice to Mank, obviously, because we love Mank and it's his seventh appearance on the show, I think. But I might ask him about Cool Desert Morning and what he thinks about that title. I think you're going to have to because if he listens to the first two or three minutes of last week's episode, he's going to know how you feel about it because you <laughs> pulled no punches. You were very clear. I had a hard time editing around it. So. I don't pull punches. Yeah, but it was, you did Great say, episode. Date, I love Poop you so title. much, but this is, and that's a rough, that's a contraction that's tricky. Right. That <laughs> yeah. but is never good. But you liked this title? I do. I think I will remember this episode with that title. You won't. Because when we started recording, you said, what is this episode called again? So maybe this is my cool desert morning. Yeah, we are each one. We each have at least one episode where we just can't. It just doesn't work for us. That's okay. So this is A Walk in the Rain. It is season 31, episode five. We have had three manks out of five. That's a majority, people. Yeah. He's Where busy. Are Andrea and Dennis are just on vacay? I don't know. Or they're working on some big story. Together, maybe. We're gonna find Whoa. out. We're gonna ask Josh and we're gonna find out exactly what's happening yeah. here because something's afoot. Yeah. October 14th, 2022, as we've said, hosted by Joshy. And he starts off the episode by doing maybe one of the biggest dateline shades of town. <laughs> That I've ever heard. Wowza. So mark off Dateline shades the town. And if it wasn't on your bingo card, write Write it it in in as the free square in the middle. I would say you could mark mark off off. that one and the square next to it, whatever Whatever it is. is. Because it was so big. Yeah. He says, when people talk about Alaska, they say it's the last frontier. And they use words like wild, untamed, 
beautiful. Those people are probably not talking about Nome. A gold rush town whose big money days are probably behind it. A weather-beaten hamlet that's grimmer and grayer than your picture-perfect postcard version of Alaska. Wow. My God. <laughs> what did Nome do to you? He was there, though. So Yeah. Maybe the people weren't nice. Something went horribly awry on that trip, and I'm hoping we get to find out. Did he not get free coffee at the Dunkin'? What maybe happened? the coffee was just bad. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and they didn't have steak, and you know he loves a steak, but they only had fish. I grilled Oliver pretty hard about this episode because Oliver lived for many years in Alaska. So That's I had true. a lot of questions about certain things that I was seeing and hearing. He gave a few hot takes for oh, this great. as we go along. Alaska is wild. Yeah. The stories I've heard from people that I know that have been in Alaska, wild. I'm telling you, Oliver got a look on his face that was yeah. very far away. Haunted. Yeah. Haunted. Yes. Yeah. There we go. And it's perfect because it's Halloween. Yeah. The thing that I kept forgetting when I was watching the episode of why that it sort of has this very sad feeling a bit in mm -hmm. a lot of the episode, even because the topic's sad, but the feeling was because mm -hmm. of the light. Yeah. The because light they're getting maybe messes with your head a little. Two hours of light a day and, yeah. you know, some days yeah. and who, I mean... Yeah, it's crazy. So we learn that Nome is the endpoint, and it's N-O-M-E, but it's pronounced Nome like a garden gnome, which is fun. I wrote uh, Gnome. Gnome? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kept thinking of Peggy Hill. Me and too. Her beloved <laughs> Me too. Gnome. Uncle <laughs> Bottom. <laughs> yeah, so it's the endpoint of the Iditarod sled dog race. And then Meg says, we're closer to Russia than the rest of the U.S. And he bravely resists making a Sarah Palin joke. And I was super proud of him. I think that I was, would have made it. No, it was there. I mean, it, the thing, was, he's so was, subtle that he was doing that yeah. joke without doing it. I didn't realize. And anytime someone says Arctic Circle, Alaska's so high up. What is so happening? High. Okay. Yeah. All right. 3,800 people live there. So they think it's a big city, but it to most of the lower 48 would be considered like a very small town. Yeah. And... Sonia Ivanov had just finished high school in Unalakleet. Unalakleet. Nailed it. A native village 150 miles away. When she moved to Nome after high school, she found work at the admitting desk of the local hospital. She lived with her best friend, Timory. I love Timory. I love the name Timory. I've never heard it before. It's I beautiful. Love it. I loved it too. They didn't have a car, so they walked everywhere. And they felt like it was safe because they were both from this really small village, so they thought it was safe there in Nome. And at one point, her brother-in-law, Tom, sat her down and said, I don't know who you're hanging out with. If you go missing, I wouldn't know where to start looking, which is why tip of the week also comes from our book club that we're recording tomorrow for Patreon and Supercast. Make a list of people to contact if you go missing and give it to several people. That's not the rule. It was give it to your best friend. I think several people. What if your best friend's the one who killed you? What are the no. chances? It's pretty small. Small. So the big theme of this episode that Mank talks about is that there's a huge crisis of indigenous women that are missing in America. Yeah. And it's a huge crisis. Surprisingly, a lot of people on Twitter seem very surprised about that. And I was very shocked because... 
I listen, follow a lot of true crime and it's pretty well talked about in the true crime community. And there's like a hashtag MMIW. And if you see that, you know that that episode is about that. There are several podcasts dedicated just to these women. The Fall Line has done a bunch of episodes on it. Dark Poutine. I've listened to several episodes. I'm sure Dark Poutine so, because it's very prevalent in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. As well. So uh-huh. they did kind of a series where they focused on that. But apparently these women disappear at a much higher rate, even it's such a high rate in America proper, all of America, but it's even higher just in Can- in Alaska. In Alaska. So yeah. we are in 2003. This is a very old story. And Sonia and Timory were hanging out with friends. Timory decided to crash at a friend's place because she had to be at work early. And Sonia didn't have to be at work until Tuesday afternoon. So she had all the time in the world, Mank says, which is always super ominous. Yeah. It was misting and she loved the rain. So she wanted to walk home and they went their separate ways. They did a cute peace out pal and then they kind of tap each tap their shoulders like a fun little handshake thing that yeah. we should do. I know. Never done. I think at one point we were going to learn the dance at the end of Romeo and Michelle's and then we never did that. I'm sorry, then... it's not too late for that. I don't know why yeah, you're acting true. like I just feel it's like over. it's we're too old or it's been too long. Are you crazy? Romeo and Michelle, <laughs> how old are they? No, we're doing the dance. <laughs> so wait a minute. What time of year is this? I didn't write that down. What year? It, Where are we? Are we in was, winter? No, there wasn't a lot of snow. So, no, it wasn't deep, deep winter. Okay. So, when Timory got home the next day, Sonia wasn't there and she couldn't find her anywhere. And her makeup bag wasn't touched. Sonia always went home to do her hair and makeup before she went anywhere. I feel like that's always... You should know that about somebody. Like how I always say my house looks like the police would walk in and be like, there's been a struggle. No, it's just messy. Right. But there are other things that you could look for. Is there an unopened bag of chips? Are there episodes of Below Deck on my DVR that have not been watched? Or just These are yeah, I get good it. signs. Mm-hmm. You know? What would it be in your house? Energy drinks. Monster energy drinks. <laughs> no, because I stock up. Unfinished? Do you always finish the can? I have 15 drinks going at any given time. Scattered okay. around the house. So no drinks. So no it. drinks. Would be like someone murdered her and then cleaned up. For example, around me right now, do you want to guess how many cups I have? Three. I have four cups and two cans. There we go. And they all have liquid in them. Mm -hmm. So Timory goes to the police. She's a great friend. And Mank says she goes to the historically white agency, although he says white because that's how Mank pronounces that. And it doesn't bother me because it's Mank. So the historically white agency that has a reputation for not taking seriously crimes against Alaskan natives. And so the police... Don't take it seriously. They ask if she was maybe partying and she could just be out with friends. Insert audible eye roll here. Get ready for some anger. So when Sonia's sister Christina and brother-in-law Tom hear that she didn't show up at work, they start looking and asking people. Tom goes to the police station. They seem unconcerned, which is surprising because Tom is white, but Sonia is native, and I guess that trumps it. So the Mm. racism runs deep. So there is a guy named Knook, Knick, that Kunick. it's a nickname, Kunick, that's it's his nickname that she was friends with. And so they say, you guys need to be looking at Kunick. And Tom tells the police this. The police don't care. 
So just save the flames on the side of your face because they're just going to get bigger and bigger until they engulf your whole body. So just get ready. I'm looking so, up what kunik means. I feel like it means something. Inappropriate? No, but the first thing that came up is a young man went on a violent spree in Anchorage complex for seniors. There we go. And Kunik is now charged with, oh my goodness. Okay. Is it the same guy? I think it might be the same dude. A young man went on a violent spree in an Anchorage complex for seniors. Kunik's real name is Daniel. An 88-year-old man fought him off. (gasps) Go 88-year-old man. Go 88-year-old man. Nope. This guy's literal. His name is Justin Kunik. He's an actual... Kunik, Mm. but it happened in Alaska. Different guy. And he went on a rampage for seniors. He was mad at grandma. Don't trust a DJ. Don't trust DJs. Don't trust Kunik's. Uh, Apparently not. What is wrong with it? Justin, pull it together. God, just Stop that. Did he hurt people? Oh, I'm very concerned. All right, go ahead. No, the 88-year-old man, I think, saved everybody. So when Sonia's boss reports her missing, the officers finally maybe stand up and actually work this case. Yeah. Finally. So it's been two and a half days. They're finally working the case. A volunteer firefighter and our hero officer, Brian Wyavana, is has a cute little mustache, cute little glasses. He is our hero. Yes. He is not to be confused with this other officer, Byron Redburn. So there's a Brian and a Byron, because Dateline hates us. Well, but Redburn doesn't come in that much. He does kind of at the end, but hopefully we don't have to talk about him a ton. So really, much. who you want Focus. is Brian Weyuvana. Weyuvana. He and this volunteer firefighter go down this old gold mining track. They're following some fresh tire tracks that they find. And there they sadly find a naked woman who is shot in the head. My God. Sonia. And the so, road is Dredge 5. That's a horrible name. That's for a, a foreboding. Road. I do yeah. not. I'm. This is very sad. Brian knows that this is way bigger than their department. They need the Alaskan Bureau of Investigation to take over. And so in the meantime, they do a good job. They cover the crime scene. They cover the road and they cover her body with tarps because they're worried about weather but they're also worried about grizzly bears. And moose, and, I'm assuming. Bison? I don't... What yeah. kind of animals are out there? It's like... Yes, all of the above. Okay. I watch Alaskan bush people. They got everything. They do, right? Walrus? Yeah. Do they have walruses? Sure. Okay. Sure. I mean, I don't sure. know. how Do walruses come on to land? No, I don't think they have walruses. But, uh, but that would be amazing. I don't know where actually walruses are, but I feel like they're in the wal- Arctic Circle. Sure. Okay. Maybe they do have walruses. Who knows? Penguins? I don't think so. They but might. Arctic that Circle. That would be amazing. Penguins. They are very close to the Arctic Circle. People from there rolling their eyes. Apologies to Alaskans. <laughs> yeah. So they have officers that take shifts watching the site to make sure it's not disturbed because it's going to be a while before the cavalry comes. So the cavalry is Eric Burroughs, and he is with the Alaskan Bureau, and Burroughs from the Bureau. So they have to fly in from Anchorage, which is 500 miles away. There, You can't just drive or anything. So he says in cases, it's normally the first 24 hours, the first 48 hours where you have to solve the case or the you know percentage goes down dramatically. That's why they have shows like the first 48, et cetera. But he said, in our case, that's just the travel time to get to the crime scene. That's when we have to start. And so Mank says, that sounds like a great place to commit a murder. Don't tell people that, Mank. Yeah. You're giving away all your tips. Yeah, stop that. 
So the Bureau investigates the scene and they find that there was a blood pool that the car had driven through and one of the treads looks different. And Mank, who is basically a detective, says that means one tire out of the four tires is different, right? And they say, yeah. So there's also paint transfer on a higher up branch from a car. So they think it was like a taller car, like an SUV or a truck. It's light blue. There's no DNA on the body. The rape kit is negative. Thank God. By the way, let's just state that in the, I was so worried in the condition she was found. I really hope it's accurate for the family. I we're going to say it's accurate. Yes. The police were interested in looking at Kunick, whose real name is Daniel, and he who did not attack an 88-year-old man, but he's done a lot of other things. So he had a real tough attitude, but was a teddy bear inside, Tim Marie says. And I say, no, but mark off teddy bear on your bingo cards, but also Tim Marie, I love you, but you're wrong, because he has DV charges against his girlfriend, so, so he's, he's a not a real teddy bear. Wow. Yeah, a he's about. And the police already were well aware of him. He also and drives his mustache. and his mustache. He also drives a blue truck. And guess what? One tire is different than the other three. And it's the same tire that correspond. It's like the back left or whatever that corresponds to the track. So could this be a coincidence? No. I say, no, you know, I don't believe in coincidences. But this is a two hour episode. What did you think was going to happen at this point? I said it's. I said I don't believe in coincidences, but I it can't be him this soon. It just can't be. So what does this do to your life? Are you okay? My whole life is flipped upside down. Do we have a better help ad? I need one. <laughs> yes, um, I was worried about you when I, I know. when this happened. I, I don't yeah. believe in coincidences except for very rare cases. And this might be one of them. Wow. However, we don't know that yet because there's l- they do luminol in his truck, except Mank doesn't say luminol. He says a chemical that lights up green in the presence of blood. And I was like, do you think we don't know what luminol no, is? No, I think, I think they might not use luminol anymore. I think luminol might be problematic. Passe. So maybe it's a different, whatever the new thing is. But I wish he would tell us what it is so then we can learn what it is. Is luminol also trademarked like happy birthday where you maybe. can't, you can't it's sing like, it? Can you hand me a Kleenex? But you should really are supposed to say tissue. You're supposed to say tissue. tissue. Yeah. yeah. Can I have a cotton swab, not a Q-tip? Yeah. yeah. We got to ask Mike about that. Do oh, you I'm still use luminol? Yep. So they see Hold blood on. on his wheel well and on the floor of his truck. And there's a tarp with dried blood on it. Three rifles in his truck. One has blood on it. And he has a massive amount of blood on his tennis shoes. So I immediately say he's a hunter. This is a red herring. Ooh, He's a hunter. Interesting. I knew right away. There's so much blood. I didn't see that much blood. His one of his shoes, the whole sole is like covered, and but it the didn't... tarp is all red too. Oh, okay. So, well, good for Officer you, Byron Redburn, who's not Brian, our hero, he's a different guy. He goes to Kunick and he says, "Have you seen Sonya?" And he says, no, I haven't seen her in two weeks. I was out of town all weekend. I was hunting with friends. Okay. So Redburn sees a scratch on Koenig's back. And Koenig says, that was from his baby mama. Except he doesn't say baby mama. Mank is paraphrasing. And Mank says baby mama. So Redburn, so they were having sexy time. Okay. So Redburn takes him to the hospital. And we're hearing the audio recording 
of yeah. at the hospital. And we hear the nurse say, do you just want to drop your pants? And I laughed so hard and I immediately texted Kim. Is that how you would phrase that? It, it, did you, is this what you would do? Do you know this nurse? And she said, was it me? No, but this was in 2003. Kim was a wee little babe. But so, she was just so casual about it. Drop your pants. Why are they having him do this full body examination? They're looking for secretions and testing for DNA. Why does he have to drop his pants for that? Secretions? Do you see? You, you understand my question, right? Well, it's been several days, so I would hope there would be nothing left on his body, but maybe not. Interesting. Okay, but also, this all seems, they show the scratch. I'm sure they're looking for more wounds as the, well. The scratch was literally, I could do it in about 10 seconds. If you have a, a jagged nail, would yeah. make a scratch this size. It's yeah. very small. It's maybe an inch and a half long. It's very thin. Yeah. Maybe didn't draw blood. But just... hey, at least Byron, the detective, is being proactive here and having him checked and not just saying, oh, he has a scratch. He actually checked for scratches. That is true. Do you think Byron also doesn't like this kid? Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, I'm going to try to get you for this one? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I don't like Byron because he talks in the slowest voice possible. And he says, we're going to match it with Sanya. And if they don't jive, that's good for you. But if the DNA does jive, that's not good for you. <laughs> he says jive. Yeah, he does say jive. Also, he's not the only one that speaks like that. No. They all speak very slowly. It speaks to their urgency that they have with solving a case is the same urgency with which they talk. I guess, yeah. but Oliver did confirm. He's like, does anyone have the accent? And I said, oh, yeah, actually. He, and I said, he's like, but are they just talking very slowly? And I said, yes. <laughs> no, a few people did have sort of what I would consider an Alaskan accent. Yes. Oliver's like, I've never heard anything like it when he first got there. He didn't know how to place it because he just never heard it before. Yeah. But he yeah. said more than anything, it's the slow talking. Interesting. It's common. So that was funny. So Koenig says there was all that blood because he ran over a rabbit and it didn't die right away. So he hit it in the head. This is horrible. Let's move on. Or it could be a porcupine that he had shot hunting because he has had a busy weekend killing animals. They have every animal there. Just any animal. He tried to kill them all. So Mank says police had the perfect suspect. I mean, didn't they? And I was like, Mank, you tell us. You be the host. I'll be the viewer. <laughs> so the brother-in-law, Tom, who is amazing, Christina and Tom are Sonia's family and they're amazing. They go to the police. Tom goes to the police station and puts up a huge photo of her on the wall. And an officer yells at him because they just put up new drywall. I wish hmm. we had an ad for command strips now. <laughs> like, put up your missing posters with no... No, because that's, the there's no emphasis to that. You got to think about him with that big thumbtack going in and going eh, and pushing it into the wall and looking around. He's mad. You got to push something. Yeah. You can't put command strip does not equal angry. It equals. No, it doesn't. Just very nicely. I'm just going to put this here. Is that okay? Hey, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to put this in. No. It's not going to damage your wall at all. No, you got to push that in or get a little tiny nail and go tick, tick, tick. Also, that officer is a jerk because. Yeah, stop. So. 
Tom keeps going back to the police station every day to be a squeaky wheel and to say, we're still here. Don't forget about this case. Now, here's the red herring. None of the blood on Kunick turns out to be Sonya's. It was actually animal blood. He was telling the truth. And the tire tracks don't match to his truck. Are you okay? And the blue paint wasn't the same. It wasn't a coincidence. None of them were a coincidence. What is even happening? Is anything real? I know it's real. Real paper. That's for sure. And that real paper is the only thing that can save me from all of my beliefs turning upside down in this episode. If a guy on Dateline is covered in blood, is that a red flag or just a red herring? If a tree falls in the forest, does it make a sound? If 27,000 trees fall in a forest per day, would you rethink what you're using for toilet paper? Yes, you would. Mm Mm-hmm. Real paper comes from sustainable bamboo because bamboo can be continuously harvested without damaging the plant. It's as magical as a police officer that cares about his job in Nome. I love that the packaging is plastic free. I love the product. It is soft and strong, much like our Josh Mankiewicz. (laughs) Real paper is available in easy, hassle-free subscriptions or for one-time purchases on their website. All orders are conveniently delivered to your door with free shipping in 100% recyclable plastic-free packaging. If you head to realpaper.com slash date dateline and sign up for a subscription using our code date dateline at checkout you'll automatically get 30 percent off your first order and free shipping that's r e e l p a p e r dot com slash date dateline or enter promo code date dateline to get 30 percent off your first order plus free shipping so let's stop flushing our forests and try reels tree free paper real is paper for the planet and it's time to get real about saving the planet It's a real big deal, people. And it's real, unlike this coincidence, which makes me have cognitive dissonance and believe that all of my beliefs were correct all along. Thank you, real. And be really upset. (laughs) You have confirmed my life's work. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, real. Thank you, real. So the investigation slows down a week after the murder. Y'all thought I was going to say something way longer. I was shocked. It usually takes six months to a year for an investigation to slow down. Minimum a a month. At least these cops tried hard for seven days. Because they were Uh, real busy? They had a bunch of other stuff going? Yeah. 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 Two officers stayed on the case. Guess which two? The two that we would not want because it's the most confusing. Byron and Brian stay on the case. Oof. So Brian, our hero... He was surprised he was put on it because he didn't feel like he had enough experience. He was very humbled and honored. He's very humble about his work in this case. He was friends of Sonia's family, so it meant a lot to him. But he got frustrated very quickly because Byron wasn't sharing info with him. And Byron was working the day shift. He was working the night shift where he couldn't interview people because it's the middle of the night. And eventually he went against his laid-back type B personality and tells the dispatcher, F this, I'm tired of not knowing anything, I'm taking this case by the horns, and he gets the case file, and he just dives in, and he starts going through everything from scratch from the beginning. He finds a handwritten note about a tip that was never checked out. 
Yeah. How many times on Dateline has a case been solved by someone just going through the case file again? Like 90%. Seriously. A lot there's of always something that someone missed. Yeah. Or just didn't follow up. Didn't follow up. A woman named Florence has called in saying she has important information. Mank says to Brian, you really set this investigation in a whole new case. And he says, I just gathered information. He's being very nonchalant. He says Florence is the brave one. So Florence said on the night Sonia disappeared, she and her sister were on the porch smoking. They waved at each other because they kind of knew Sonia. And Florence also sees a car driving behind Sonia like very slowly. Mm. And then the car drives off and then reappears at the next corner, intercepting Sonia's path of walking. And Florence heard Sonia say, what's going on? And the person rolled down their window and Sonia got in the car and drove off. Brian says the best quote, which is, thank God for smokers who don't smoke inside their house. That was my quotable quote. I had one quote this episode. First of all, Brian has also dropped an F-bomb already in this Uh episode. So he's just, he doesn't really know the rules of engagement on Dateline. And somehow it's so incredibly charming. It's It's very, very sweet. He's so sweet. Yeah. Also, thank God for smokers who don't smoke inside their house. That's hilarious. I love it. And so what Florence has told them and told Brian has really rocked the whole case open because it wasn't just a normal car that she saw. It says Gnome Police Department on the side of it. And I knew it. You knew it? I knew it. I had guessed it a little bit earlier. I had guessed it when they kept talking about the first time they bring up Byron. I Mm. was like, is he involved? That other detective? Does he have something to do with it? This feels weird. I was sus about Byron. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, he's the not sharing information. The picture they show is super okay, sus. Okay, <laughs> 1,000%, I was going to say the picture. So the photo they show of Byron Redburn, it's like someone was taking a picture of Brush and Byron happens to be there standing to the side with his mustache and then they cropped the photo to like yeah. zoom in on Byron. You it can is, barely see him. It's like literally someone took a picture of the foliage and Br- Byron happened to be standing there, and then they were like zoomed in. Where are the like official? Didn't they used to have like official yearbook photos of lawyers and cops and people that they had on the wall and in their uniform, and they could show those on Dateline? I feel like we never have those anymore. This is gnome. This is gnome. So wait, uh, let me be clear. I was happy that I had knew something fishy was going on. Yeah, but obviously this is horrendous, so sad. and now I'm worried. Because it's going to get a lot more difficult because whenever you're trying to, it doesn't matter how small the department is, you know this is going to get rough. Mm-hmm. Brian follows the rules. He says, this is totally wrong. We can't be investigating this because they we don't have the resources and we are implicated in this case now. So we need the Bureau boys back in town. The Bureau boys are back in town. So Eric Burroughs from the Bureau <laughs> is back in town. And Mank is driving around with him, which I'm really sad I haven't marked it up, added to the bingo cards yet. Ride along number two. Ride along number two. That's in my list of questions for him. Host ride along slash host drives. So besides a million questions about Alaska, let's get real. So I just, I need to know from when he arrived to when he left his entire itinerary. Yeah. So Mank driving around with Bureau 
bureaus. Bureau bureaus. Eric says he knows the killer was evidence aware, which is a very cool expression because he feels like the killer knew to take clothing and to not leave DNA and things like that. So the Gnome PD had three Ford Expositions that matched the car that Sonia was seen getting into. Now, they aren't allowed to take the cars home with them. So it really is down to the two officers that were on duty that night that it could be. Matt Owens and Stan Piscoya. And they had both been on the force for about three years. Matt is the one who didn't want the photo of Sonia to be up on the wall and yelled at Tom. And Stan was the one that blew off Timory on the first day. So they arranged for both of them to come to Anchorage to the Bureau for interviews and polygraphs. But before that can happen, one of the town's three police SUVs disappears. What Cruiser the- 321. It's not at the police department. And all the officers on duty are looking for it. The chief is looking for it. They're driving around in the middle of the night. Matt is one of the ones on duty. He's looking for it. At three in the morning, Matt Owens radios in that he found the car in a gravel pit across the road where Sonia was found. Then he calls on the radio two minutes later and says, shots fired. Backup arrives. Nobody's there but Matt. And Matt says, I was really scared. They were shooting at me. And I kept thinking about my four-year-old son growing up without a dad. And I realized maybe I'm not cut out for the, for police work. He had a lot of like life realizations. There's a lot happening. And was able to verbalize them to his chief on the scene. It wasn't like, I've thought about this. It's like, I don't think I cut out. I think I have to quit because of my son and all this happened in the last And you know seconds. the chief goes, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, you give it a few Slow days. Slow down. Yeah. You're talking too fast <laughs> because Matt does not speak slowly, but right. that's all right. So there's something very concerning about the scene. One thing is that the shotgun that's kept in the back of the police SUV is missing. Also, the window is broken on the driver's side because someone has smashed, thrown a rock through the window. And they can't find any fingerprints or DNA, but they do find something. On the seat, underneath the glass that's shattered, there's an envelope addressed to the cops. And then Mank goes to commercial and says, Gnome, where the northern lights have seen strange sights. That was good. That was good. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. Great job. So now we get Eric Burroughs from the Bureau, and he's reading the note that was left in the car that was stolen, and then somebody shot at Matt and made him question his whole career path and left and threw a rock. They shot at him, but they also used a rock to smash the window and then leave and this envelope. While this was happening, he runs into, quote, the tundra, which I couldn't yeah. quite get over. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Because yeah. only in Alaska, they're like, well, he ran into the tundra. He ran into the tundra, as you do. Why would the person who stole the police car throw a rock through the window of the police car? It would make more sense if the note was tied to the rock, but they didn't think of that because that would have been very clever. But again, why wouldn't they just leave it? They had possession of the car. They stole the car. Matt came upon the car and then someone started shooting at him and threw a rock through the window of the car that they had just stolen to leave an envelope on the seat. Trucks. Trucks. So 
Here's what the note said. Yeah. Oh, boy. How, okay. On a scale of one to 10. On a scale of one to no punctuation. That's what my, yeah. On a scale of one to 10 of Kimberly having itchy, like making you itch. How did you feel I about love this? punctuation. I hate this letter and I'm going to have to read it in its entirety and I'm going to have to take breathing breaths, breaks to breathe, but there are no breaks indicated by punctuation. So I'm just going to have to make my own. I don't believe there's also any capital letters. No capital letters, not a period in the whole paragraph. Pigs starts. That's nice. I hate every one of you. Sonia was just a person in the wrong place, the wrong time. I did not know her. As you can see, it was easy for me to take your pig car keys right there. It was not her fault. She thought I was a pig. And it just happened. She was a person, and I just wanted to see if I could that night. Every one of you should be more careful. I watch every move you make. Leave me alone, and I will leave you alone. I will also shoot you in the head if you get close. No punctuation whatsoever. Not a period. Nary. Punctuation. Okay, so this is at this point, you know that one of the two cops did it, <laughs> and the reason is pigs. Because, yeah, pigs feels too obvious, right? It is. It's so forced. It's on the nose. It's it's, it's very, on the snout. It's on the as, snout, and yeah. I could be wrong. Maybe that is something that officers were hearing a lot of in two thousand three. Yeah, it is two thousand three. That's true. But I really am feeling strongly that yeah, no. Yeah, I wish it had said, like, go put it down your donuts and solve this case or something. It's almost that. Yeah. We're very close to that. Yeah. Inside the envelope is Sonia's rec center photo ID. So it's like proof I did this, the person who wrote the letter. Wow. I have her ID. So Eric Bureaus learns that these vehicles are left all over town, unlocked. He's in the ignition. I That's mean, safe. It's a small town. With... A loaded weapon in the back seat. Kimberly, apparently. every single person in that town has a loaded we- weapon in the back seat. No That's one's true. getting arrested for weapons. That's true. Everyone in Nome knows who the officers are. And Eric thinks, well, Sonia would have known who the officers are. She appeared to lean in and talk to the person like she knew them. So this letter is a fake. Eric is onto it right away. He thinks this is a letter covering for Matt or Stan. It has to be. Uh So both of them are supposed to go to Anchorage by plane for their interrogations and polygraphs. But Matt, poor Matt, is so traumatized by his shootout and the rock throwing that he goes to see a therapist. And so Stan goes to Anchorage. I smell a rat. (laughs) Just saying. But we do endorse therapy. So good for him. But Matt, Matt. Matt. Okay. So he, but I do, maybe this is the only time he's ever been shot out. He's only been on the force for three years, and maybe there aren't a lot of shootings in Nome. There are just a lot of women who go missing, mysteriously. So Stan goes to Anchorage. He tells them they had a busy night that night. They had a DV call, and the guy tried to fight the officers. Matt and Stan, and Stan had to pepper spray him and arrest him. And I was like, oh, Alaska. He says he never saw Sanya that night. And five days later, Matt is feels well enough to go to Anchorage. He does complain about the turbulence. And I was like, oh, that sucks. Because those little planes, I bet it was. Right? Oh, yeah, it probably was um, one of those little guys. Yeah. But also, I don't feel, I don't like him complaining. Something about it bugs me. So 
He says he and Stan were patrolling. They had that DV call and the guy punched him in the jaw and his hat and his glasses flew off his face. Matt got punched in the face that night by that guy they had to subdue with pepper spray. So, and we are sure of this, right? There's documentation. He had a black eye, or but yeah, and both Stan. Well, Stan was there. Okay. So Stan said, but I don't know Stan. I mean, I don't. Well, know. Well, yeah, that's true. I, that's I mean, a good point. So he at one point goes back to the station to do his reports, and he's at the station by himself, and he hears a gunshot. No one else heard this gunshot. Okay. He went out on patrol for another hour trying to find where the gunshot came from, but he couldn't. His shift ended at 7 sorry his shift ended at 7 a.m never saw Sonia that night so neither of them say they saw her Eric knows one of them is lying he asks around about Matt's reputation on the force apparently Matt doesn't always like to follow the rules he always requested the night shift Mm. and he liked doing patrolling And he liked company on his patrolling. He would bring a friend along on unauthorized ride-alongs. They had told him several times, stop doing that. You can't bring civilians with you on these ride-alongs. But he didn't stop. And he especially liked to pick up women. And I was like, oh, it's that kind of ride-along. Oh, you can't bring a date on a ride-along. You can bring your buddy Jack, who works down at the bait shop, but you cannot bring... Jessica. It's a different kind of ride along with Jessica. Yes. Anybody watching Dairy Girls? He's a massive ride. I haven't. I'm saving it. I've been really busy. You remember that expression. Oh, I remember. Have you? Did you finish it? No, I only watched the first episode. Was it delightful? It's delightful. Oh, I can't wait. Okay. All right. I'm saving it for like when I finish that. ride. So Eric interviews some women and he apparently used his patrol car like a dating app. He was having sex with women on duty. And Mank very astutely asks, was it consensual or was he using his position of power as a police officer to force them to do it? And Eric says he felt like it was willing because they weren't being arrested at that moment or in the back seat. I think Eric needs to reevaluate because I think even if they're not actually being arrested, he could just be telling them he will arrest them. If or he will let go of this ticket if X, Y, and Z happens. Yeah, so absolutely. I think he was for sure using his position of power. Maybe to- not. Yeah, maybe not with his gun, but right with but persuasive we- words. So Eric says that some of the women say that Matt would follow them, and they were walking. He would be trailing behind them. Then he would do this move where he would drive ahead and cut them off. Does that sound familiar? Interesting. That's exactly what the killer did to Sonia. So he admits he would bring men and women, both men and women, for ride-alongs. But it was never that kind of ride-along. And he would never take off and have sex with them. Never. Not that I know of, he says. No, he doesn't. I feel like, I feel like you would know. So, he says not that I know of? Yeah. Not that I can recall. Yeah. You'd, you'd know that, I feel like. Yeah. So both Stan and Matt, the two officers on duty, take the polygraphs. Stan passes, Matt fails. And they tell him, and he says, Shizer, 
And then he gets kind of mad. And he says, why are we talking about this? Why is my sex life part of this investigation? And they say, because you were on duty. And he says, no, I wasn't on duty. And they say, we think you did it. We think you staged the theft of that police car and being shot at. Your story does not make sense at all. There's a bunch of things that don't make sense about the story. One of them is why did he run into the tundra when there were actual like abandoned equipment and piles of rocks and things that he could take cover under he just ran into the tundra also the timing of it doesn't make nothing really makes sense about his story but they need proof he is put on administrative leave with pay i would guess it's always with pay and it infuriates me Mm -hmm. he's in the middle of a messy divorce which i wonder why he seems like such a great guy he's in a custody battle over his four-year-old son and he's living in a friend's spare room at the time So police talk to his ex-wife and she says he called her one day and said, I need to drop off our son because there's a missing girl and it's not looking good and I have to go into work early. And she remembers the date specifically because it was Matt's birthday. Mm. And the thing about this is that day was before Sonia was reported missing. Wow. Touche. This is one of those two. Can is it? Would it be a touche moment? Yeah. What would we call this? A coup de no, grace. Bingo. J'accuse. J'accuse. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that's right. You're accusing. Yeah. This is no. No. This is one of those. Oh my gosh! You just effed up. The whole case comes together moments. Coup de grace. Oh gosh, darn it! I don't know, but I know <laughs> what you're trying to say. The I think touche. I'm going with touche. Okay, touche. It's so- definitely not touche. I know, I know. Uh, uh, Eureka. Something. Eureka. No. Maybe? No. But it's like a sinister Eureka. It's like when the moment the killer has messed up. J'accuse. <laughs> you just like saying that. I can't so, get past it. So a, mo- a woman tells the Bureau that Matt was, she was involved with Matt. Everyone's involved with Matt. Him? I don't get it. No. Well, he's using his position of power. Mm. That's probably why. They were dating, and he said he wanted to leave Alaska and take her with him. And I thought you were fighting for your son, for custody of your son, Matt. You just want to leave now. Okay. So the police arrest him before he can leave because they don't want him to leave. Sonia's family, Tom and Christina, go to his arraignment, and they are met with outpouring of love because they are the family of the victim. Nay. Nope. They are met with hostility from people saying, he didn't do this, and why are you accusing him? Officer Brian, who is our hero and also indigenous, says it was the white members of Matt's church who were loudly stating their opinions on Matt being innocent and being very disrespectful to Sonia's family. And then he says something very poignant. He says, their lack of respect was easy to understand if you're native. The flames. Did I not say you'll get flames? Or, There's or more flames tear, to come. But Just you wait. Flames and tears are coming. I appreciate him being so honest about it. It's hard. Yeah. Katie, is your hair more tangled than the 2003 Gnome Police Department's ethics? How dare you? J'accuse. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Mine is. I need help. Mine is a knot of tangles and ethics. It's not working for you? No, it is not. I'm very sorry about that. Well, look, we all want beautiful hair with minimal effort, right? And kitsch feels the same 
way. They upgraded familiar products into game-changing essentials beauty enthusiasts swear by. Mm. Kitsch started in 2010 by selling hair ties door-to-door. Literally just the hustle and a dream. I couldn't love it more. Kitsch is self-funded, female-founded, and now carried in over 20,000 retail locations. And leave it to some entrepreneurial woman to create products so game-changing they can literally make your hair awesome overnight. And yes, I am talking about those things you keep seeing all over TikTok, the heatless satin curling rollers from Kitsch. Say goodbye to heat damage. There are TikTok videos of people throwing away their $600 hair curlers for these. I walked into my sister's apartment about three days ago, and my niece is just sitting on the couch after school, a full day of school, looking like she had this amazing blowout. Like she just walked out of a salon. She was so excited when I gave her the Kitsch heatless satin rollers because she had seen them on TikTok and then tried them and her hair looked gorgeous, like bouncy perfection. Mm. I cannot wait to try them myself if they work that well on her. These are an A, A plus from me and my niece, Allison. Also on the Kitsch bestsellers list are their satin pillowcases, caps, and eye masks. That's what I need for the tangles. Also, my niece has naturally curly hair, and the heatless rollers put them in those perfect waves. So just a thought. So yeah, they work for any kind of hair type. But the satin nighttime products, the pillowcases, the caps, and the eye masks are so great for your hair, also great for your skin. Mm. If you're prone to breakouts from dirty pillowcases. How Dare you. Sorry, satin is also vegan and cruelty-free, though. Don't forget. I love that. So while you're on the Kitsch website, don't forget to grab a few of their quick-dry hair towels that are unbelievable. They work like a dream. You don't even know about it until you try them. It helps your hair dry so much faster. And oh, I need that. grab a few of their classic hair ties and scrunchies. Right now, Kitsch is offering 30% off your entire order at mykitsch.com slash date. That's right. off anything and everything at mykitsch, spelled M-Y-K-I-T-S-C-H dot com slash date. Mykitsch dot com slash date for 30% off your order. From scrunchies to satin sleep luxury, trust me, you are going to want to try the whole kitchen caboodle. I want it all. Everything that I've tried from Kitsch is unbelievable. Catch me, baby, one more time. That's so good. Also, gift season is coming. Get yeah. yourself to oh, Kitch. Thank you so much, Kitch. That's a great idea. I'm writing that down. Yeah. Let's talk about HelloFresh, Katie. Oh, yeah. They're delivering to your door farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and easy to prepare meals that are quick and 30% less expensive than the grocery store. So if you're looking to save even more money on fuel, you could cook your meals using the flames on the side of your face after watching this episode. Just a little pro tip there. Fuel for what fuels you. There we go. HelloFresh has 15 to 20-minute dinners, breakfast on the go, and 10-minute lunches. Maybe I will solve crimes in all of my new free time. Yeah. I love their veggie options, and I love their easy prep, easy cleanup options. The temperature in LA has dropped to the mid-70s, and you know what that means. Like George Costanza, I'm shifting into soup mode. Hmm. HelloFresh has me covered with their Hall of Fame recipe for one pot Mexicali black bean soup. And unlike last week's episode of Great British Bake Off, this is not offensive towards Mexican cuisine. 
It nails it. Have you ever heard of homemade soup in 20 minutes? No. That's incredible. Yeah. It's easy prep. And they know that some of us are basic no shame. And so they also have a bunch of fall inspired items from brunch kits to a fall dessert board. So give me all of the pumpkin spice, please. Yeah. I plan to go nuts with the pumpkin spice. Yeah. HelloFresh now has vegan recipes, too. Yay! Yay! Like sweet chili tofu bowls or spicy coconut curry stir-fry. Praise be. We love it. Go to (laughs) HelloFresh.com slash Dateline65 and use code Dateline65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash Dateline65 and use code Dateline65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Woo! Ring, ring, ring. Hello. This is HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Have you tried our pumpkin spice offerings, vegan offerings, easy prep offerings, Mexicali soup? Is it soup time? Have you shipped in soup time? Don't hang up, miss, (laughs) ma'am. I'm just kidding. HelloFresh doesn't make those phone calls because we're telling you about them. No. And this phone call is not endorsed by HelloFresh. They do <laughs> no, not. No, they don't do telemarketing. They don't need to because they're HelloFresh America's number one meal kit. Duh. Thank you so much, HelloFresh. We love you, HelloFresh. Thank you. Keep it fresh, guys. So two days after Matt's arrest, he was fired by the police department. Why did it take two full days? Wow. At least he's not being paid anymore. Did he get a severance package? I have so many questions. Now that he's arrested, women finally feel safe to come forward. And a lot of them have stories to tell about Matt. He was using his power to assault women. He denies all of this, of course. One woman says that he told her, no one will believe a drunk Alaskan native over a police officer. And then Mank tells us, here's the really awful part. And I'm like, how much more can I take, Mank? Oh, God. Are you kidding me? No. Several women say they told the police what he was doing and nothing happened. Shocking. They have no forensic evidence, though, and they really want to get this guy. So Eric from the Bureau tells us it's like you have a bunch of puzzle pieces in a box, but you don't know what the picture is that you're making, and you hope you can just get enough pieces together to make a picture that the people on the jury can make out what it is. Very much like Kelly and her pencils, my the pencil analogy that I love. Did Dateline lose an intern? Because we didn't see puzzle pieces. We did not see a graphic here. Interesting. And I was waiting for it, waiting for it, and we seem to be moving towards a different kind of B-roll. We have questions for Mank. I do. Where are the graphics? So Matt apparently would go to this hunting camp, and I don't even know what that is, nor do I care to find out. And he was seen there burning some almost new gloves. Mm. So they go to the fire pit, and they start digging, and Eric says it was like they were panning for gold, which is ironic because that's what a lot of this land was. They put the ashes in a bucket and then put like swirl it around with water so they can find what's in the ashes. And Eric finds an eyelet to a shoe where the laces go. And he can it's tiny, you know, those tiny little metal eyelets. And he can make out that it says Skechers even after it was burned. Wow. Go Skechers. And Sonia was wearing Skechers that night. So they find more eyelets for Skechers. They find metal parts for a bra, and they find a metal button with the logo Tilt. This is such good detective work. It's really good. Eric goes to Sonia's sister, Christina, and she knows that Tilt is the brand of jeans that Sonia wears. 
Mm-hmm. So that's something that shows that that's where her clothes were. They also find a key that was burned up, and they find out that it matches Matt's uncle's P.O. box. So there's the connection to Matt and Sonya's clothing. But does it feel like maybe in Gnome that the keys, there's several keys to several different boxes? Does that make sense? That like else, they just yeah, didn't change, like that key right. could actually fit multiple Right. PO that box. happens everywhere know. though. There's a lot of cars that your clicker will work for other cars if it's the same brand of car, weird stuff like that. I've never had that happen. Yes, Yes. Interesting. Can I start the other car? Good I'm question. sorry, I'm asking for a friend. Right. <laughs> Could sure. my friend start another car and drive away in it? <laughs> I'm sure. Okay, just wondering. Just go to Gnome where they just leave the keys in the ignition. That's all you have to do. Wow. So they do know what kind of bullet they're looking for and what. so what kind of gun. They do know what kind of gun they need to find. Mm-hmm. And Byron Redburn, remember Byron? I kind of, but we've seen half a picture. Yeah. I, the lesser Brian, he says, go to the police evidence locker and look for the gun. Because guess what? In Nome, everyone that works in the, for the police in some capacity has access to the evidence locker. There's a key and it's just kept right out it in just the open. probably hangs on a hook. You um, don't have to check in or sign out things or anything like that. You just I go in still and take at this things. point thought that Byron was involved. I'm not 100% convinced Allegedly. that he's not involved. I just, he's being helpful right now, but he was very unhelpful before. Yeah, uh-huh. So they go to the evidence locker and they find a gun that they think it could be. But who could have borrowed it? Anyone. And literally anyone. Anyone could have borrowed it from the evidence locker, used it to commit a murder, and then put it back. So None Mank, of this feels like great evidence. Right. I'm very frustrated. Yeah. And so Mank says, it was hardly, and forgive me here, a smoking gun. Which I love when Mank. I love Mank. I just love You Mank. love it that Mank does it, but if I was to make that joke. Well, I did because he said, forgive me. <laughs> like, he knows it's a pun. I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> I'm going to start saying, He asked for forgiveness. Me. Okay. Yeah. That, and it's Mank. You're right. I might. J'accuse. <laughs> so. Favoritism. All right. So the gun doesn't seem to link to Matt. Also, what about those mismatched tires? Guess yeah. what? The mismatched tires have absolutely nothing to do with Sonya. There was a guy and his girlfriend, and they went out in the middle of nowhere to, as Mank says, answer nature's call, which is, I thought that meant peeing in the woods, I, but apparently- I think it's doing drugs. <laughs> or drugs. I thought he meant sex, but I think normally when I hear answer nature's call, to me that means peeing. So yeah. maybe it means something different to different people. But okay. they went to have either drugs or a booty call, and they happened to be just a few yards from Sonya's body, totally unrelated to Sonya. It was a booty red herring. Uh-huh. So Matt ends up getting bail and the family is horrified that he's out. He also gets an aggressive attorney that looks exactly like an angry Kenny Rogers. And he's taking us right into the danger zone, except that's Kenny Loggins. So no. he's taking us right into the rotisserie with all the chicken. No, into you got to know when to hold him. He's, he's going to gamble a, with his life. He's, he's taking gam- a gambler with his life. He has those sunglasses that are dangling around his neck from a neon cord because it is the early 2000s. And he says he to reporters, that. this isn't reporting. This is harassment. We will let you take his picture and now beat it. He tells them to beat it. 
Did it seem like both of them were mildly enjoying that? Yeah. Oh, he loves it. Yeah. No, both of them. Oh, Matt, yeah. Matt seems to be like, I'm famous. I'm famous. For for a really horrible crime. Yeah. And yeah. the family's devastated, Matt. Let's- also, Kenny, why are you so angry? Stick to your chicken. Calm down. So Because that's the part he's playing. I know. And he doesn't get airtime unless he's angry. He's no fool. Kenny yeah. knows what he's doing. Yeah. So his name is not Kenny, by the way. I don't remember. We what don't his know name his is. name. We're not told his name. Okay. So the trial starts. The prosecutor puts on seventy witnesses, including Florence, our hero, that hey. saw something that night. And also, Brian was right to speak against the police department is very brave. Also, she's an indigenous woman to speak out against the police department about what she saw. Very brave. Really brave. So the defense attorneys put on a witness who thought he saw Sonia the next day in a pickup truck when he was at a subway. Anyone else surprised Gnome has a subway? I guess they have subway there. And he admits, though, he won't bet his life that it was her. He's like, you can't get me to say it was her, though. I don't know if it was her. The next day after the murder? The day after the murder, yeah. So how did you see her the day after? Oh, because the body wasn't found for several. Right. So they're trying to say that it's all wrong. And this witness saw her with someone else or in a pickup truck. So it was some other killer. Yeah, he's not helpful. Matt's uncle, the one who has the P.O. box, says that Matt didn't have a key to that box. No, that's not the answer. I didn't know Matt had a key to that box is more and why is Matt stealing my mail? I didn't know that Matt stole my key and is running an MLM out of my P.O. box is the correct answer. Mail fraud. Yeah. Matt is a scoundrel. Yeah. So Matt takes the stand because he was staring down the barrel of a murder charge. That was a good one, Ming. Says, he says that his ex-wife had her dates wrong. When she call- she says he called before Sonia was even reported missing. He called a week later. She remembers the call, though, specifically because it was his birthday. And I did see on that National Geographic show when I t- learned all about memory that if there is a special date, it is very... It, he even did this he analogies like you see somebody on a bus and you say you saw them that day and the police will be like, she could totally have her dates messed up. But if it was your birthday... You remember that you saw him on your birthday on the bus. So you suddenly became a way better witness. Interesting. He specifically used that example. I remember because you've told me before. I feel like I've seen that documentary. We might just need to watch it as a group. I think we need to watch it as a group so with, I can learn about the rabbits. With the rabbits. we can do yeah, with the, the rabbits. birthday. Yeah, I'm ready. If anyone can find it for me, please help me out. So he admits that he had looked up Sonia on the work computer before she had gone missing. And he says, well, I just wanted to see if she was drinking age. And they were like, why? Did you see her at a bar and you wanted to report it or something? And he's like, no, well, I was having a disagreement with me and this other officer about if she was legal drinking age, which is what these officers were doing in their free time at the police station. Also, I don't think it matters. If I had to guess, I would say if you're above 16, you can probably go to the bar. There, yeah. Also, he, what he's going to say, I'm going to try to sleep with her if she's uh, legal drinking age, but not if she's legal voting age, or is she able to drive a car? He has no standards for who he's going to try to sleep with. No. Well, also, why is he... Well, she was high standards. She's out of his league. Why? Wait, um, of course. Why is there only one work computer, number one, 
Is there only one work computer? Uh, maybe. Okay. They know it was him because it was the time that he was working. That's he when admits, that search was done. He admits he had done searches yeah, on her. Yeah, why did he do that? He knew every lady in town. Yeah, He's okay. a pervert. Also, he knew who she was because he worked nights and he would bring in drunks to the hospital. She worked nights at the hospital. Hmm. So they kind of knew each other. Okay. Unfortunately, they're not allowed to bring up all the women that he allegedly assaulted, Ugh. which is so frustrating. I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The defense says, okay, maybe you're right. Maybe a cop did do it, but it wasn't Matt. And so, of course, you think they're going to point to Stan, the other guy who was on duty that night. Right. But instead, they point to Byron Redburn, the lesser Brian. And so- Is it- Really, I just don't like him for no reason. It's really that photo that they show of him. No, it's, it's the, the combo photo. of the photo and then right away he's like not doing his job. Yeah. So we get very negative information about him right away. Yeah. And so it's just. Yeah. Yeah. And I trust Brian and I feel like Brian doesn't like Byron. And so I'm like, okay. Agreed. I'm, I'm team Brian all the way. It feels like you have to choose a side. And you we're gonna choose. We're going to choose Brian. <laughs> I'm sorry. I really, I don't know why we've made this a competition, but it is. <laughs> it is. We're here now and yeah. this is what we've chosen. Absolutely. So they say Byron was the one who suggested the gun was in the evidence room. And he did this because he was framing Matt because guess what? Byron and Matt both work on the police force and they have a crazy beef going with each other. So apparently Byron had punched a suspect because he thinks he's Elliot Stabler or something. And Matt reported him for this. And Byron never got over it. But Byron was also mad at Matt for a very legitimate reason. Matt was having an affair with Byron's daughter. How is Matt getting all the ladies? How Okay, Byron in the picture that I saw looked about 33. How so does he have a daughter that's old, old enough? How old is his daughter that's dating Matt, who looks like to be in his late 40s? Yeah. Why also didn't they lead with that? Who cares about the punching incident? The reason they have beef is the sec- number two. Number two. the second item yeah. on that list. Yeah. Wow. Also, so it appears Matt was having a f- women consensually and non-consensually and i have so many questions for the consensual ladies raise your standards small town yeah nothing going on yeah so i don't know even if it's consensual there is still a power dynamic because he's a cop it's a cop in a small town but it also doesn't seem like they have that much power in the town (laughs) i have to say it feels like everyone's kind of just doing doing what they want yeah so the defense says, you know what? It could also be Kunick. Don't forget about Kunick. But nothing matches with Kunick. That blood was all animal blood. There was no DNA. Okay. But it's Kunick. Or it's Byron. So the jury comes back to the judge and says, they're deadlocked. It's a mistrial. How the how? Where are they? Are they in Nome having this They're trial? in Nome, yeah. Yeah, that's why. That's because why. Because he's, he's a police officer. Yeah. But it seemed like he has this reputation and everyone knows what he's up to. So the church rallied. The church rallied. The white church members. Yep. So for the second trial, they changed venues because the defense 
guy who looks like Kenny, angry Kenny Rogers, it complains, my client can't get a fair trial here because he's assaulted all of the potential jury members of Gnome. So we have this, to go to somewhere where he has not assaulted all of the jury members. This was a stupid move on the part of the defense attorney because you had a better chance in Gnome because what was probably happening in these trials is that you were getting half indigenous people mm -hmm. and then half white people, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're never going to get it through and eventually they'll just drop it. Mm -hmm. The prosecution will be like, it's too expensive for us to keep doing this case over and over again. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they'd make a deal or something like that. Mm -hmm. But taking it out of the jurisdiction, he was way overconfident that yeah. his case had anything to it. He has the confidence of a man who wears sunglasses with a neon cord around his neck. And yells at reporters. And yells at reporters. And Matt thinks that he's charming on the stand. Yeah. And Matt thinks he's charming all the time. He is not. Maybe. So the second trial, the prosecution's case is the same. But after they've rested, Eric from the Bureau gets a tip about a new explosive piece of evidence. Oh, boy. He tells the prosecution. And Eric says, but what are you going to do? You've already rested. And the prosecution says, you let me handle that which I thought was pretty badass. So I thought that was cool. <laughs> yeah, it was also odd coming from him because I was very concerned this prosecutor was kind of saying a lot of ums and tripping on his words <laughs> right. in his opening statement. And I was like, oh, no. But now and he's like said, James Bond or something. They said that he, they were doing the exact same case for the second trial. And I'm like, yeah. don't do that yeah. because defense has already heard that case right. and they're going to be able to combat it better. What are we doing here, sir? So during the second trial, some new evidence had come up. But again, this was after the prosecution had rested. Brian, who is our hero, he was chatting with a neighbor and the neighbor said, did it ever come up in trial that Charlotte saw Sonia's ID in Matt's bedroom? Question mark, question mark. Oh, my God. J'accuse. So Brian is like, what? Uh, uh, no. So apparently this Charlotte was renting a room to Matt after his divorce. I don't know how she re resisted all of his charms. It was not romantically involved with it. They said family friend. I think that her husband also lived there. Good. Yeah. But will the judge allow it? Mank, who is basically a lawyer, says, well, that's third party hearsay. You have the neighbor heard from Charlotte that she saw this thing. And so Eric finds out that Charlotte's family is old family friends of Matt's family. So he's worried she'll just lie to protect him and say that she didn't see the photo. So he gets a warrant and he records a phone conversation between the neighbor and Charlotte. And the neighbor says, hey, I remember you telling me that you saw this ID and you were going to tell the lawyers about it. And Charlotte says, oh, yeah, I never told the lawyers because I read in the paper that the police already had the ID. So I just let it go. And hmm. she never says, I didn't see the ID. She goes along with the conversation. Hmm. So the judge agrees to put her on the witness stand. But on the stand, she does what Eric feared. She denies everything. She says, mm -hmm. no, I never saw an ID. So they play the recording, wow. the phone conversation, and are like, j'accuse, you kind of admitted that you saw the photo ID. Does she get in trouble for perjury? They don't tell us. They don't tell us. She must have. That's I'm, blatant, yeah. right? So this time, because maybe because of this new evidence, the jury finds him guilty. Eric is so happy. He believes Matt had had his eye on Sonia for a while. He propositioned her. She turned him down, but she also said, no, I'm going to tell people that you're doing this. And that was too far. So he killed her because she stood up to him. Wow. Matt gets 101 years in prison. 
So the new police chief comes to town and he hears about this case right away. And he hears, you have your work cut out for you, buddy, because the people in this town do not trust police at all. He also finds out that this new department, he's inherited 460 unsolved cases of sexual assault, mostly involving Alaska Native women. And again, there's less than 4,000 people in this town. I would like to see Byron's case record. Yeah. How many cases have has Byron been on that are unsolved? Mm-hmm. Byron? Byron, we're looking at you, buddy, and you're not looking back at us because in the one photo we have of you, you're looking off to the side like you didn't even know your picture was being taken. Yeah. So the new chief has done some really good things. He has established a full-time investigator working just on these assaults and a victim's advocate. Which is amazing. So it sounds like he's doing good things. Sonia's sister, Christina, and her brother-in-law, Tom, are still very wary of police because of this. Timory, her friend, had to stop going to college because she was so traumatized. She was so scared of anyone she would see in uniform. She moved back to their little hometown. She feels very guilty. She wished she had tried to walk home with her. And Mank really tries to make her feel better. He says, you thought it was okay. This is not on you. And she says, thank you to Mank. And I started crying. This was a sad one. It was a really... Incredible exchange between those two. Yeah. Ma- yeah. D- Dateline, give us some good old-fashioned wife kills her cheating husband Husband, because this I cannot handle any more of these. I don't know. I felt like it. I but it was good. It's something I've noticed at the end of these, for this season especially, they seem to be doing a lot of the of bringing awareness, number yes, one. Abs- so it good for them. Instead of just doing the case right up until, they're taking like this last little three or four minutes mm-hmm. and they're talking about the crime in an overall social sense. And mm-hmm. then they're also, they're taking parts from the beginning where they normally talk about the per- the victim's personality traits. Mm-hmm. And then they're bringing them back at the end. So the story is definitely you remember who Sonia was. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. It's, it brings it all full circle. It's really yeah. nice. It's a really... It's a really good way to tell a story. I like They're it. amazing storytellers, and I think they also want to make change and be part of the change. Yes, and which is great. Mank especially is always, every time we've talked to him, he has yes. mentioned these people of color that go missing or are killed and don't yeah. get the attention in the media. So I yep. think it's so important that he's doing this. He's always a champion for women, too. I think it's why we're doing this older case. Yes. Well, he said part of it is because the newer cases, the court cases were held up because of COVID. So they started to dig into files and go back. But also he wants to do these kind of cases too. Really important. Thanks. Thanks, Mank. This is great. We love you, Mank. I did get a couple of facts from Dateline producer that I have to say. Yes. Oh, actually just one. Matt was one of the cops who was guarding the scene the night the body was found because of course he was. Because they didn't know it was a cop. And there's only four of them. <laughs> there's not that many cops. I think I, there were four. No, there's more than four, but like it's five. Maybe six. But come on. I mean, he could have done anything. He was the one guarding. Wow. And also, Timory's dad spearheaded the Sonia Ivanov Act, which states that a cop convicted of a murder who uses his authority as a sworn officer to facilitate the murder gets an automatic 99 years in prison. Fantastic. Yeah. Good for him. That's amazing. Yeah. Wait, I had a quick I had a quick question. Nope, it's gone. All right, never mind. I'm sorry. 
Should we do B-roll Bonanza while I look up where walruses live? Yeah. So forget your horse and dog B-roll, marking that off your bingo cards, but you can mark it off because we saw a bear B-roll. What? We're huh? in, it was like we're in the wild. We watch, oh, watch, yes. watch as the brown bear scavenges for food on the with the grace of a ballerina and the brute of a dinosaur. I don't know what they say on those nature the shows. The brute of a dinosaur, for the, sure. The yeah, brute of definitely. a dinosaur sounds the right. The arms of a T-Rex. Yeah. <laughs> the mouth of a jackalope. <laughs> yeah. The walrus lives in the seasonally ice-covered northern waters of Canada, Greenland, Norway, and Russia. The Pacific walrus has a wide range between Russia and Alaska. You did it. Okay. I can stop thinking about that now. Yeah, there was... Uh, Sister think? Christina looking through a photo album. Brian, our hero, is in his car smoking, which was funny because he did say, thank God for smokers who don't smoke in their houses. We also rarely see people smoking. Almost never. It stands out because you're just not used to it. But it also seems perfectly fine. You're like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes that sense. I yeah. sh- it's very it cold in Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. We also get Christina and Tom driving in a car with a sunroof. Mm. That was fascinating. We get lots of car driving. We get Timmery on the phone, walking in the street, driving in the car, doing all the things. Yeah, good for her. And Uh, watching the video of her best friend. Yes. And we have Eric Burroughs from the Bureau looking at 8x10 evidence photos. Yeah. We also get Northern Lights. Yeah. That was cool. Alaska is a magical wonderland, but also something dark is brewing. The Northern Lights are kind of, feels like... Aliens are coming. Magic. It feels more like Gandalf is coming or Dumbledore. Yeah. It feels like there might be a castle that rises out of the snow. Yeah. Or something under the ground. Have you seen that show on Netflix where they're in the ice? Do you know what I'm talking about with Stanley Tucci? No. It's very good if you haven't seen it. I think it's it's the name of a town. I'm going to think of it, but I want to call it Fortitude. It's called Fortitude. Oh. You'd like it. It's a mystery. Oh. Um. That's all I have for Buell and Bonanza. I actually have a Precious Moments, which I is... I did too, actually. It's probably the same as mine. They weren't going to be able to do an open casket. That's and it. then yeah. Sonia's sister was able to do her makeup and made her look pretty the way she liked to look. And yeah. Mank is just shocked and horrified, but also admiring Sonia's sister, Christina, that she was able to do that, do her makeup for the funeral. It's a really a thing of love yes that was very very sweet and also that she shared it with people is very special i liked christina and tom very much they're great and speaking of christina has purple hair and kind of blue hair and i loved it i'm so for colored hair now i think i used to be against it slightly (laughs) you didn't you did not like it for dateline what Um, else do you have for fashion police just one other thing that matt owens had a big leather black jacket when he was leaving court after he got the mistrial and it I don't know something about it really rubbed me wrong it looked like a Donnie Brasco it looked like mm. a, a mob leather do you know what I'm talking about it's a very specific and he thought he was really cool look yeah and he came out in the leather jacket and it just rubbed me wrong that's all just put on a parka like everyone else you don't yeah. need the leather jacket sir speaking of parkas Mank is in all black when yes. he's a gnome he's wearing a black shirt Black jacket, black gloves. I don't think I've ever seen him in gloves. I wonder how cold it was. That's another question I want to ask him. How cold was it? Also, he has this really classy jacket when he's indoors, and it was black, but with very faint white 
plaid on it. Yeah, the window pane. Mm -hmm. Is that what that's called? Mm -hmm. I love that. He has some great sport coats. I am dying to know about his Alaska trip. Yeah. Did his wife go? Yeah. Did they eat? Where did they stay? Because I don't know, did they go all the way up to Nome or did they sort of go? They must have. Yeah, I, I think, think they, he no, was they in were in Nome. Of, uh-huh. I think he was in front of Florence's house at one point, And at one point, he's in front of the Nome Police Department. He's all over Nome. Lots of questions. Titles. The one where Kimberly believes in coincidences. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. It's exciting. It was such a big coincidence. I was, I'm really happy because I feel like it might break the spell now. And now you'll be more apt to go along with me. If I think it's something else. Maybe. Maybe. Yay. The DNA um, hand jive. He kept saying if the DNA jives, good. No. For, he said if the DNA doesn't jive, that's good for you. But if the DNA does jive, then you've got a problem. He said that's not good for you. <laughs> I mean, it's the longest way yeah. to say anything <laughs> in the slowest possible it he, was really he was like the fact is that your car has one tire that is different no you have to that stop is the I same can't stand it I can't as stand the it. tire tracks and mm -mm. there was paint i had the cold blue line yeah Does that work did you mm -hmm. have more evil period because he didn't put any periods in that letter oh there we go and then my one that i really like Let's go. Florence and the cigarette machine. There you go. Is a cigarette machine a thing? Yeah, of course. It's like they used a to have them in Las Vegas is where I used to see them. Yeah. So that's what I was going for. Florence and the machine, but with cigarettes. That is very good. Saves the day. Can you get anywhere with gnome and clature? Yeah. Because I tried real hard. You just did. But it doesn't work as well. What about gnome truths? Yeah. Wait. Instead of home truths. Oh, okay. How about the vehicle? gnome fires are burning on the side gnome of my face? Gnome fires are burning, or I mean, my my number one also is using that, but I'm going to save it because I have vehicle three, two, one, f off. <laughs> <laughs> that was one, and then I had the gnome court advantage. <gasps> yes. Do you yeah. like that one? That's good. It was That's the court. Deep. Yeah. Also, the police. Levels. The police had a home court advantage. Yeah, they had the gnome court advantage of being in gnome at that first trial. That's but also, why he... just the police running that town. Do they run the town? I'm still confused. I feel They're bad. They're missing I... women, and nobody cares. Matt had the gnome court advantage because he prowled those streets. He was a prowler in his leather jacket. He is disgusting. Yeah, it's really a shame because she seemed lovely and her best friend seemed great. And that was a, it's a tragedy beyond tragedy. We didn't even talk about her dad who mm. came on and was obviously very broken up about this. Mm -hmm. It was, there were some heartstrings here, folks. But what I was going to say is it's really important that they brought in that new chief of police at the end. I thought that was very good because it's, it shows, hey, we're making changes. What you're seeing in this is not maybe what's happening here now, we mm -hmm. hope, you know? Mm -hmm. It seemed like he seemed pretty on the ball. And he was willing to acknowledge that there had been a lot of mistakes and a lot. And of nobody does that. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. So it was good. It was he good. should call Leah Askey and be like, hey, I have some things to tell you. Leah Askey is quintupling down at this yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. Just over and over and over again. She yeah. just can't, she can't get through it. Do you have any tweets you don't, right? No. Twitter was just sadness and anger. People had flames. 
Yeah, it's infuriating. This is a really infuriating case. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, so much. Please follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at DateDateLine. And then check us out on Patreon and Supercast because we're just doing all of the things right now. Mm -hmm. Every single thing. And make sure you're subscribed to us. And we never say that because you do not want to miss our Friday Mankisode. Don't miss that. It's going to be great. It's like a mega Mankisode because it is. we're talking about so many things. Yeah. And, he, and I think he has some exciting behind-the-scenes stuff to talk to us about. He's really he excited. He always does. Yeah. He seemed jazzed about coming on, which yeah. means he's got stuff to talk about. Yeah. I cannot wait, which yeah. also means maybe we're going to get hints about new projects. Yeah. So be the first to know. You don't want to miss it. I'm trying to do that thing where it's like, don't miss out. What's that scarcity? What's that called? <laughs> when you're trying to build it up. Yeah. But the anticipation. FOMO. FOMO. That's what I'm trying to create, FOMO. Yeah, that's great. That's I not love nice that. for our listeners. I love that. No, you can't miss it. Thank you, everybody. Be your own walrus. <laughs> be your own iceberg. Be, you know what? You know what? Be your own iceberg that smashes into the racism like the Titanic. And don't forget, there's no place like Gnome. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Yeah, I hope we haven't made people from Alaska very mad. I'm sure we have some listeners in Alaska. I've always wanted to go to Alaska. It's stunningly beautiful. This made me want to go to Alaska. It just, I think the reason that it's so fascinating to us is because it's, well, the detective Burroughs says it. He says, this doesn't work like the other states. It's Mm -hmm. not like the big city. And I think he means big city, any city that's not in Alaska. Does yeah. that make sense? I feel like yeah. where I grew up is more. Yeah. And you grew fast. up in a very small, depressing it was, town. Kind of. It felt a little country. So, I mean, yeah. this feels like a whole different kind of It country. is. And on Alaskan bush people, they meet a lot of different characters. And they always say Alaska is where people come to hide it or is. to get away from people. Yes. And so they just want freedom from the government. They want freedom from – they want to – do their own thing and they want to not be bothered. But there is also a sense of community from what I've seen on, again, on Alaskan yes. Bush people. No, there, they there are, is. Oliver They're says really that. willing yeah. to help each other out, like yes. help out their neighbors. So it has that small town thing going on, but there's also something very seedy that's going on underneath, at least in this town with the police department and all these and missing women in Alaska too. It's yeah. So there's, it's a ball it's, of wax, isn't it? Well, And what Oliver said is it's just a simpler way of life. People are just Mm -hmm. used to living a very different way. And he said, sometimes it's not always financial. He said, people will live in just the worst place you've ever seen, but have a brand new snow snow machine. Mm -hmm. It's just Mm -hmm. how they spend their money because they just Mm -hmm. don't care about things that like Mm -hmm. you you would care about. And I was Mm -hmm. like, wow, this is, yeah, fascinating. They also barter a lot. So they do yeah. a lot of bartering with their neighbors for things. We should go move there for a few months and see how it And goes. I'm sure like Anchorage or the very big cities are completely different. But I don't know. We're talking about the really, really small. Which is places. the majority. Yeah. There's all these little things. Yeah, yeah it's wild. I like the, fl- the boat planes, whatever they're called. Boat planes. Is that called a boat plane? That's the professional term. Okay.
Oh. No, ride is not good. He's a massive ride. 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 He's a massive ride. Yeah. Is that good? No. I feel like I'm doing it wrong. That's wrong. I'm doing it wrong too. It's fine. Okay. So we'll get corrected. It's fine. So No, I'm taking it out. We're not doing bad accents anymore. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) What is our show even? So I feel like we're being culturally insensitive without knowing it. Yeah, it's possible. We're trying. We're really trying to do it, and we're doing it fondly. Remember I said it's about intention, and our intention is good. Our intention is to try to do it well. We're just not. Is yeah, that, I know. Yeah, You're we're... very good at accents. No, but I'm terrified to do them and on the show. And you've been to Ireland. Yeah. Okay, the pressure's on. Yeah, it is. So, Boy, oh, God. By the way, if anyone wants to see a cute movie that says stuff like j'accuse, it's see how they run, see them run. Can't remember the exact title. It is so cute. <laughs> Just Google it's, that ish and see how it goes. <laughs> it will come up. It's so cute. Highly recommend. It's very Agatha Christie, very Knives Out. It's like that kind of movie. Oh, fun. Okay. Very cute. 